calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast, a podcast about everything and nothing. Uh, this week, joining me is Matt Persler. Hello. How you doing? It's, I'm, I'm doing all right, thank you. It's been a while since Good. I've been on, I think. It has. I mean, it's it? felt like a while, isn't it? Because yeah. we recorded loads in advance and then, you know, now we're back. Joe, how are you? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Quite, quite well. After a Ooh. booster day of feeling like fucking death. <laughs> getting boosted, and this isn't meant to turn anyone off the vaccination, but getting <laughs> boosted for me was worse than having actual COVID in terms really? of symptoms. It so, was wild. I've been lucky after each of my three vaccinations now. I felt absolutely fine. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I must have had COVID once by now. I've still never think, had any symptoms. Do you think there's any chance that what they've mm. been doing is injecting you with saline solution. They're actually <laughs> some kind of a stooge. Who knows? It's one of those two things, and I don't know which is more likely. The Either I'm a powerful or... genius, yeah. or I'm being saline. done by my pharmacist. <laughs> Who knows? I've gone, well, I've had my three vaccinations in three different places, so unless this is a very oh. complex uh, it's conspiracy... It's a web of lies, yeah. my friend. Yeah. It's a web Who of lies. Knows? Exactly. I, I did actually. I had the. I, I had a moment of being like, "Oh, am I going to get done here?" Because I I went into the pharmacist where I was getting my my booster done, and this guy came out and was like, "Oh, the uh, the pharmacist will be back in half an hour." And I was like, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I've got to get back to work." But I actually booked it for the next five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, "Okay." And when he said the pharmacist is going is isn't going to be here, he meant I'm not going to be here. So this harried pharmacist who clearly hadn't had a lunch break. I thought it was just some lackey. He got, yeah. got really upset and like bustled me into his little room and just jabbed me really quickly and left. And I was like, I could have been jabbed with anything. That could be a fury <laughs> jab. Could have been saline solution. Um, could have been. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get in the way of a man and his sandwich, though, can you? Mm-mm. We know this more than anyone. I've been a slightly worried recently, actually. And don't get me wrong. I, as I think we all do, love the Backpage podcast quite a bit. They're kind of... I think they're kind of po- like positioning themselves now as the number one sandwich podcast. Where I think we all beef? know. 
I think I am. You There's, start in lunch you know, meat beef. I, I think I have. I mean, I know we haven't talked about sandwiches in a little while now, but I do need. Do I really need to remind everyone that we've done a whole sandwich special? Uh, do you, I mean, the thing here is, Cardi. Yeah. You're. This feels like you're trying to start like a. A diss track style <laughs> war with them. But no, I know for no, a no, fact no. that neither of them listens to this podcast. So this is just screaming into the void. That's fine. Point. That's fine. I just need people to know, you know, if you want good sandwich chat, you can get it anywhere at the moment. So yeah, if you, you want know, good sandwich chat, listen to us a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and listen to the back page pod now because <laughs> they'll have you covered for for the present day sandwich chat. Whereas we, it's very we're very distinctly behind. It's, it's very bath centric. Whereas yeah. whereas we, because of London having so many more, much more chainy in London, I think our sandwich mm. options because of the. I'll, yeah, I'll have you remember that the key sandwich text I believe was Boston. Uh, yeah. and that that sandwich that made a man's ass turn inside out or whatever <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was so we've got international sandwich action international uh, s yeah i'm just yeah for some reason if uh matthew and samuel from the bachelors listen to this do not start talking about drowning stories because then there will be losses <laughs> 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 sandwiches is fine everyone enjoys a sandwich uh right what are we actually going to talk about i've completely lost track um, we've kind of, we're still in this kind of no man's land where it's still like a week or two away from things really coming out. So the big we're stuff. kind of stuck in a week here where we're going to kind of do something different. We're going to talk about five upcoming sequels in franchises. Well, four actually, and then mm. a dream one of our choice. Um, games that are either definitely coming out or a ninety nine percent going to happen, and we're yeah. basically going to predict what we think are going to happen in those sequels so we'll we'll go through those one by one but before we get to that has anyone anyone actually done anything fun or new in the last week <laughs> i've done two small things i watched all of Ooh. toast of tinseltown which is yes. a disappointing return for the oh. toast series i don't think to be honest i don't think toast been fully great and since since season one um mm. when i thought almost every episode was an absolute banger but toast mm-hmm. of tinseltown is essentially toast goes to hollywood and it's a very strange take on that um the one thing i will say is there's a joke about someone calling him the c word and then the face he makes when it's said to him is one of the funniest things i've ever seen um so it was kind of worth it just for that one joke but it's it's not as good matt barry's now kind of this international figure isn't he because he's in well he's what we're doing the shadows he's big in the u.s he's in star wars now he's in the book of boba fett as a droid um, it's, all, it, it's interesting because he has Natasha Dimitriou and Kevan Novak mm. appear in that show. So you kind of look at it and you're like, did you just film this in breaks between your big show? <laughs> um, it's got some of that vibe. But I've also watched Mandy, which is I'd never heard of before this week. Not Mandy the film, Mandy the comedy TV series. Oh, is which this is, Melindy King's thing? Is, is that, no, no, it's um, it's Diane Morgan who plays Philomena Kunk oh, from... Really? screen wipe stuff and she just plays this character called mandy who is kind of indeterminate of age but she looks absolutely bizarre she does this thing where she has her lips like constantly held to one side of her face like that mm. um and it's like i f- it feels like quite a feat of facial acrobatics that she manages to do it the whole time and it's just properly strange and slightly grim um 
and a second series came out this week. I'd never even heard of it uh, before that, and it's very good. So I recommend it. So you would recommend that one? Good. I would. Good. Have you done anything Avoid that, or have you just you've I, just been playing a lot of Halo, really? Uh, and a lot of Dark Souls. I finished Dark Souls 3. It was actually the first time I've played all of it through. Um, so I did the DLC mm-hmm. this time around. And I can now say that I have done every Dark Souls 3 boss except fucking Dark Eater Medea, who is still a bastard. Oh, yeah. is, is he? Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Big Dragon, anything not good. Him. But everything else I've done. Good. Uh, what have I done? I've yeah played a lot of Halo. Last night, started Ocarina of Time because, like I said when I was talking about Fable 2 recently, I've been going back, going through the games I really should have played. And, you know, Zelda is a bit of a blind spot for me. So I've got Ocarina of Time on my 3DS. Good uh, choice. Yeah. Uh, £20 from Amazon, which actually I thought was all right, considering That's Nintendo games Nintendo never... Yeah, never go down, but it's part of like the selects program where they're all like twenty pounds, mm. I think. So, yeah, did 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 Deku Tree uh, did all that bit? I just got out into Hyrule Field and stopped because it was like one a.m. and I was like, nice "Don't do it. this." Are you yeah. limbering up for a big op-ed where you say it's a six out of ten now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to do the op-ed. It's like forgotten gem people don't speak about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or just like yeah. easter eggs did you know you can chop the signs it's absolutely yeah. amazing just like the next thing i write about games will just be like reminds me of ocarina of time I'll be <laughs> that, that's all it'll be so i can now use that reference point uh i don't have to feel like a fraud anyway mm-hmm. enough about old games why don't we talk about games that some don't even we don't even Exist. know they're in development <laughs> yeah some of them are in development some of them aren't we're going to go through them one by one the first one we're going to talk about and it's kind of the one that kind of you know kick-started this whole idea is mario kart 9 because there was mm. a new story i believe recently was it reportedly that mario kart it's 9 is in development slightly more than reportedly but not quite confirmed it was dr sir Toto, who has the best <laughs> name in uh video game business analysis um mm-hmm. she's a big you know big contested field but dr sir Toto <laughs> comes out at the front of it um and he said he knows that Mario Kart 9 is in development. Um, and he does know his stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that it will have a new twist. Ooh. So I'm assuming our predictions will be in the Are forms around of new that twist. twist. So, I will yeah. say... Uh, I realised after writing them that most of mine are more like wild wishes than actual predictions. Yeah, some of but, mine are, yeah. Yeah, we'll um, see where we get to with it. I think some of them are more logical. We can start... Um yeah, with Mario Kart. I mean, there's only a lot of these. I was thinking oh, it could be that, and I was thinking, well, that's just boring to guess that it's that. So mm-hmm. I've gone, I've gone something a bit different. But who, who wants to? I mean, you're Mr. Nintendo out of us, Joe. What, what do you uh-huh. think? Well, let me preface this by saying it's definitely not going to happen. Um, but <laughs> the point with Mario Kart stuff is there's always a different uh, element to them. Some have introduced mm-hmm. flying. Mario Kart Eight obviously did uh, anti gravity sections, which was amazing. Still is. Um, mm-hmm. Double Dash had two pilots in the car, and I've gone down the Double Dash route in what I'm calling Mario Kart Mushroom Kingdom Manager, <laughs> which is <laughs> a game in which you're not just doing the Mario Kart racing. You go in with a team of Mushroom Kingdom inhabitants, one of whom is a manager who is uh, like your race <laughs> which, your race which, team leader. Which Mario character is this manager? Or well, it, that's the choice, yeah. You're choosing, oh, okay. you're, you're picking your team before every race. So you've got mm-hmm. a manager, so you could have like, I don't know, Dry Bowser as the manager <laughs> of your team. But your manager gives you one different super ability, depending on what they are. Um, okay. 
So dry Bowser, I don't know. Does he shout a fireball out the radio of all the other cars? Something like that. Uh, <laughs> then you have mechanics. So you pick a mechanic. And there will be, right? As you're racing round, there will be pit stop lanes. And this is strategy, right? Because there'll be longer routes. But for going through them, your mechanic gives you a specific power-up that you can only get from then. Okay, so, so like a an ultimate. Thing. Yeah, like a big ultimate ability. So you go through and mm-hmm. you can't get souped up in some way, depending on the mechanic you've chosen. For instance, okay. Dry Bowser. And Dry <laughs> Bowser, I don't know, gives you bone wheels that are better on sand. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> wow. What an yeah, ultimate exactly. ability. I know, yeah. right? Uh and then you also pick your normal driver and your normal car, which have their different ability or different mm-hmm. stats. Uh, so, so I just mm. think it's—I think it's just a fun. Like, it's a twist on. Yeah, I would say extra. this isn't my idea, but my original idea was a bit like that. It was a bit like a tag team thing where online races would be like you're in you and two other friends do a lap each, and it kind of pa- somehow passes control after mm-hmm. each lap. So you're racing as a team. But then I thought, I don't know how logistic is logistic wise that is possible. But I mean, <laughs> so, also. Is it fun to play a no, game where you only not. play a third of each race? But then I thought, well, what if one of... It's like Double Dash. What if one of you controls the weapons? I'm like, but that was what Double Dash was. Yeah. yeah. What, what um, about Quintuple Dash? And there's just five dash. of five That's people thing, and it's like, an absolute mess. We will probably never guess what the twist is because that is the thing about Nintendo. You can't really double guess what they're going to do next. My idea is that mm-hmm. Mario Kart 9 is actually Mario Kart Maker. And it's all about oh, making... Good your own courses because arguably with eight this is the thing everyone says they've perfected that formula they've got all the best tracks from all the games in there they've perfected the tracks really so why not let everyone else have a go and see what you can do and everyone will realize oh yeah they're really good at making tracks and we're not (laughs) i would would genuinely take that if it was mario kart maker with mario kart 8 just in it Mm. That would be the ultimate way to expand on that game. Yeah, it's a bit like uh, Mod Nation Races, which is a is an underrated PS3 game. Uh, mm. PS3, yeah, and Vita, I think. Uh, yeah, a bit of that. I feel like, but they did, they did marry. Did the Zelda one? Am I imagining did the Zelda Del- one ever? Dungeon did that come out? Thing, right? Well, they it did, did it, didn't it? They did it within Link's Awakening, and it wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, they still, they, they could like still it. make a Legend, uh, Legend of Zelda Maker, but mm-hmm. will they? But yeah. Um, that, that's my idea, that it's actually not even called Mario Kart 9, it's called Mario Kart Maker. I like it. I suppose that leaves it Mapped. me, then. Again, yeah, again what, someone what's your not... mad cap idea? Yeah, I've only, literally, I think the only two Mario Karts I've played are the one on the Wii and, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, so I'm not mm-hmm. hugely versed. But my idea was, is you know in the crew that you can change like your your car into something else you can become a plane mm-hmm. or a boat or something like that and there's obviously a little bit of that in eight where kind of like when you go up off the ramps you turn into a little glider mm-hmm. so my idea is is that there's vehicle switching but every track is three tracks there's an air track there's a ground track mm-hmm. and then there's kind of like either like water or subterranean or something like that mm-hmm. and basically the pickups some of them have a, a trigger which will turn you into like a plane or a submarine or a drill or something like that. And the whole idea is to try and sort of, I suppose to a degree, min-max the track with the idea that you know that like this section is easier in the sky or it's easier mm-hmm. on road and kind of like doing that kind of jazz. And then obviously like your abilities change in the sky, like you can drop, I suppose you can't drop bullet bells from the sky, but you could drop like, 
I don't know, Burt Bombs or whatever Dep- you were going to say. D- depth chart, depth charge, <laughs> Dave's. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like you mentioned the crew there, and that kind of got me thinking. None of us actually mentioned. It. What if it's they're just looking at Forza Horizon, going, "Let's do open world Mario Kart." It would be shite. <laughs> Come on, yeah, I don't know what what would that be. I don't. It'd be so boring. Uh, yeah. Like, and I love Mario Kart. I don't want to play an open world Mario Kart at all. I could see MMO, them, I could Mario. see them broadening it to make it like. I never, I never really played the crew, but it had like big open races, right? It wasn't just yeah. It was, like it was kind of more point stuff. to point as opposed to yeah. like cross country sort of stuff, right? Yeah, I could see them going a little bit more. I, towards I that. could almost see them doing like you know, like the world, like the overworld maps, and you're kind mm. of driving between each section, and there's tracks that are set there, and there's kind of more of a. I suppose like a, a single player campaign kind of build there mm-hmm. that's like influenced by like Super Mario World, but mm. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, the idea of open world Mario Kart seems bananas. I was trying to think, yeah, what could the Switch bring to Mario Kart? Because obviously the latest one wasn't developed for Switch; it was basically a remaster. Like, what what could the Switch do that the Wii U couldn't? And I'm trying to think, like, what would that gimmick make be? people play games? Yeah, um, that is that is <laughs> like there's that's the thing is credit credit to them they haven't gone full gimmick with the switch really since since mm. launch games like weirdly me and matt were talking about one two switch earlier today because we're such mm. crazy interesting guys <laughs> such reference points to draw on um but uh but yeah they just haven't really they don't really go but for arms. that now. <laughs> I, I mean arms is underrated it's not good but it's underrated um but uh but yeah like it just feels like it feels mm-hmm. like they'll just make... To me, it feels like they'll just make another really good self-contained yeah. Mario Kart. I mean, and that's why none of got, our predictions will come true. They've um, got the luxury, haven't they, to spend pretty much as long as they want making this. Because that last one still sells. And it's, like we said, it's just as good... It's hard to think of what they could do to improve it. Uh, yeah. Like, genuinely, I mean, I know this is this is not exactly digging up new ground, but... What the fuck is the DLC for that game? How did they only do one DLC pack ever? It's completely <laughs> absurd. Um, we will never yeah. understand Nintendo. No. There's no point trying. We will never understand them. There's some good ideas. Um, as usual, like under IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. If you have any good ideas for what you mm. think these games could do, we'd love to hear them. Uh, we've still got a few more to go, though. So next up, Mass Effect, what are we calling it? It's not really Mass Effect 4. Let's call it for the sake of this Mass Effect 4. What, we're just treating Mass Andromeda Effect. like it never existed? Yeah, well, that wasn't a numbered one, and it was, it was a prequel. Let's all, are we it, all presuming... It wasn't a prequel. It's a sequel. Sorry, a far, far-flung sequel, isn't it? Like, different age, you know what I mean? Unconnected, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, are we all pretty much in agreement that this one, though, is going to be a sequel to the I trilogy? mean... It seems it's definitely like it. going to be connected. They've got what looks like Liara in that one in that one trailer, so it feels like there's going to be something there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see it. Okay, let's let's switch up the order, Matt. What, what's your idea for the the new a big prediction? So out of all this of one's the, a bit more broad. You yeah. can do whatever you want with it, really. Out of all of the games that we were discussing, because so, obviously we we had to come up with ideas pre. This is the one I found the hardest because I I know it's getting on now but i do think mass effect 3 is pretty much perfect like i love that Mm. game so much so it was like well what do i want essentially i want another game that's like that but maybe with the learnings of writing that has come lately everybody can write a better quest these days than there used to be Mm. so there's that Mm. but the gimmick i have 
thought of originally started i was trying to think of you know in dragon age origins that game starts completely differently depending on what character mm. class and um and, and species you choose at the start so it's like well that's good and hasn't been used for a while the only time it's really cropped up recently is like cyberpunk and cyberpunk does like a bad variation of that mm. so i was thinking what's a good version and then also there's a system that i really like from divinity original sin 2 which is that you can actually make your own character, which I don't think is right for Mass Effect. I think you should always have a predefined character that then you find a journey for, like Shepard is. So my idea would be is that you have a choice at the start of the game as to which character you play from the crew and they become your protagonist and everybody else becomes an NPC. And then that character has a unique starting point and has a unique arc that runs through the game, which for a AAA production is a lot of work. But EA have got lots of money, and they should trust in Mass Effect. So that's what I would like. So, Matt, you know, completely mine. different stuff going on per character. Mine is very similar, oh, really? but with one key difference. And it's a thing that I've been saying since the since they announced there was going to be another Mass Effect after Mass Effect 3. You should only be allowed to play as an alien race. There should mm-hmm. be no human choice at all. I don't want to play as a human in Mass Effect again. They invented all these amazing races yeah. with really cool stuff to them. I don't want to mm-hmm. play as fucking Spectre or on the you know like on the council or any of that shit as a human. I want to be a Salarian. I want to be a yeah. Krogan. I want to be what fucking Hanar. Make me a Hanar <laughs> fighter. Like and so my yeah. So my thing was essentially alien race changes your backstory the relationships you have with npcs you come by your baseline abilities like instead of choosing Mm -hmm. oh i'm going to be a biotic engineer it's like well if you're a salarian you're going to be good at engineering and other you know kind of agility based Mm -hmm. stuff and if you're a krogan Mm -hmm. you're going to be different and that's your choices but i love the idea of parlaying that into your idea matt of the way i imagine that choice is that you do a essentially a prelude mission that's set somewhere like halfway through the game. Yeah. And you like meet this crew and then at the end of that and you play a tiny bit of each of them and the, the end of that it's like which one do you want to be yeah. and then it's like two months earlier and you go back to mm-hmm. the start of their story that leads you to that. Yeah. And then yeah. that would be like midway through the game and take you on to the end. Mm-hmm. I just but, love um, kind of yeah. the idea of, of these races are quite well explored in, in Mass Effect but you never get their lived experiences. You're always mm. kind of like, it's the human perspective on what they're doing. And it's a human perspective through the lens of the Reaper invasion. I want to mm. get that idea of what it's like to come from those cultures. And therefore, there should only be one person on this crew that's human. And if you choose that person, you're, you're choosing the boring route. <laughs> nah, no humans well, allowed. Interesting. <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> mine, mine kind of plays into that as well. Maybe we just combine all these three ideas and send it to Bioware. But... Mm-hmm. um. Mine is also, yeah, I agree. Players an alien, whether it's Asarian, Turian, Solarian. But my game is a bit more like GTA V in as much as you have two different, completely separate characters you're switching between. Mm. Two or three different squads of people. And obviously these races don't historically get along with each other that well. So you're going to have... It's going to be quite politically led, and you're going to make choices basically as one of those teams that affects the other team that may mm, kill cool. someone on that other team, something like that. So you're kind of you like these two characters, but they are ultimately kind of working against each other um, to complete the same goal. You're almost on two. I wouldn't say it's a full blown war at this point in this game, but they're almost two different teams working for the same goal that are ultimately going to meet 
and you're going to have to choose between them at one point. Well, That's I always, kind of what I think would be cool. I always loved that idea of the Spectres as, like, completely independent agents, like, above the law in that universe, where it's like... Mm-hmm. They're all working towards the same goal, but they might do it in very, very different ways, and some don't approve mm-hmm. of how the others do it. I think that really fits that that vibe. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. And it, you, that's basically like a good version of the Halo Five campaign, mm-hmm. where you're playing as two people working for the same thing, but they're kind of after one another in some regard. Uh, mm-hmm. Except, you know, just make it not shit. Like, <laughs> how do you think they're going to deal with it? Do you think they're just going to pick a canon ending for three and say this is what Shepard Ye- did? I mean, did oh no, Andromeda didn't do that. It avoided that because Andromeda is set like, in the Andromeda galaxy. It gets to to completely skip. Nobody there knows what happened. Yeah, because it, yeah, it's just that yeah, because I couldn't remember when that ship left or whatever it was. I suppose it depends um, how if it's like a, a one year later sequel, you kind of have to pick a you have to have a but ending, the, the particularly the synergy ending of Mass Effect Three that is a mm. our galactic scale. The future of mankind is different yeah. now. So this is why I think that it shouldn't really be attached. And it's like the problem is though is people are attached to those characters and particularly that era of the Mass Effect mm-hmm. universe. So you don't want to go too far the opposite direction because that's what people have already decided they like and they've done the the sort of test with Andromeda that that didn't work. So we'll is we'll see how of, it goes. Is there kind of a case we made that like I actually don't remember how much it changed when they did the additional stuff, but like the fact that all those endings were like kind of the same thing with slight differences like maybe you can kind of get away with giving people a choice as to what their ending was before like, they start and then it won't cause you too many more ramifications one essentially just rids all artificial intelligence from the yeah. galaxy doesn't it? i mean that one yeah and one makes everybody wouldn't. in synergy with ai so they are like half their yeah. personality is built up of ai like surely they can't make you can't they can't give you that choice at the start of this game because that makes two completely different games they have to pick one surely but it doesn't like, necessarily make that like if you if you wrote it right, it doesn't necessarily mm. make that much difference. The synergy one, it's just like you have a few throwaway lines about being like, ah, oh, I love AI, or I did a math <laughs> sum really quickly today. <laughs> and then the non-AI one, you just, mm-hmm. like, there's maybe some Geth characters that aren't there. If indeed mm-hmm. the Geth was still there, I don't even remember. But the Geth are going to be, it looks like they're going to be like the main antagonist, they're isn't on that it, of this poster, one? weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, or the outline of... But I it's thought I made them nice. I haven't played those games for ages. Um, Choices, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how they go how they about this one, it. I think. Yeah. And it, like, that's um, the thing. If they hadn't messed up Andromeda, that is the perfect way to deal with that sequel. Like, just have yeah. it somewhere else. But yeah. who knows? We shall see. Um, next up, we've got Marvel Spider Man 2, the sequel mm. to obviously Marvel Spider Man. And we'll kind of. Miles Morales was like 1.5, wasn't it? It was mm-hmm. kind of in between. Um, I think this is the one where maybe we might have the most similarities in what we think. And I've actually got a couple options just in case someone uh, mm-hmm. steals mine. So I'll go last. I don't know. Uh, who, Matt, uh, actually, no, you went first last time, Matt. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, come on. The, uh, mine, I think, is pretty straight down the line. I actually had the most trouble with this one because I don't, beyond going like, these villains could be in it. Mm. It doesn't feel like there is going to be a gigantic difference in what Spider-Man 2 does. The best thing I could come up with, or the most interesting thing I could come up with, is A, that there will be GTA-style switching between characters, which I know is something that lots of people say about open-world games that they want, and I'm sure is an absolute fucking ache to (laughs) implement. But I know some people were wondering, 
whether Venom is antagonist or protagonist or, you know, mm-hmm. helper of some kind in this. I would quite like it if there were three characters, but the third character was Spider-Gwen. So Spider-Gwen, like Gwen Stacy is not in those games at all at this point. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a nice opportunity to like not only introduce the character, but have her in this particular universe becoming Spider-Gwen through whatever means they want her to become. Can it be uh, Venom-Gwen? Has there ever been a Venom-Gwen? Almost certainly. There's been a Venom everyone <laughs> at this point, right? Um, and I just like the idea of having that triple triple character switch thing. But you're also... Because we've gotten so used to what this Spider-Man and this Miles are at this point, and they're so well-drawn, and so their they're mm-hmm. character arc seems so, so solid at this point, that introducing one more Spider-Person into that mix I think would be a really interesting like story dynamic. Mm-hmm. And the thing I never expected from that first Spider-Man game is that I was going to end up like properly loving the characters and the and the arcs that they've been on so i think giving them more opportunities to write like conflict and resolution into those stories is is really interesting mm-hmm. to me particularly from a playable character perspective so that's mm-hmm. what i want i think that would be cool oh. matt this one's easy and this basically applies <laughs> to literally any superhero open world game that i could think of mostly batman but also spider-man is the other prime candidate for it nemesis system Mm. so what i would do is so uh, i preface this with like i do genuinely very much like the spider-man game but it's open world stuff is bullshit like it's just absolute six out of ten stuff get rid of it all put in choose five or six of spider-man's rogue gallery and then build a nemesis style system around it in which your interactions with them dictate how they kind of change over time and how they're like thugs and groups that follow them Mm -hmm. change and like you can accidentally make one more powerful which means they start to kick in onto the turf of other villains as well as have different ways of tackling with you Um, it should always be like the mr freeze villain fight from batman whereas when you start doing too many things of the same thing against them they learn and adapt and change their technique over time and basically let that kind of dictate the flow of the story to a degree. There should be like a very core cinematic story that runs through it. But I'd almost like it that if the last villain, you have no idea who it is when you go in through the game because it's your actions against those villains that dictate what might be the final boss battle. Um, And I really like the idea of, as part of that, rather than having like how you have in Shadow of Mordor is that you recruit orcs and send them in have a sort of system where you know how people love spidey in new york and one of the i've been watching the toby Maguire films again and there's a really nice sequence in two where when he stopped the train like all the people in new york on that train like rally around him and they give him back his mask and Mm. promise to kind of hold his secret i like the idea of kind of having people that recruit around you that are just like we're now going to go into the world and do good sort of like to aid Spider-Man. So they're the people that like, you might just come across a guy in the street that gives you a photograph and he's like, here's like this criminal hideout that I found. Or people that kind of like stand in the way with between sort of like people that are being downtrodden against like Mysterio or whatever. I love this. Mm-hmm. It's very much, you know, me and I realise that maybe a systemic Spider-Man is not necessarily for the <laughs> widest of audiences. Well, isn't but... Gotham Knights kind of doing a bit of that? Well, a we little don't bit hope. That, we don't but... actually know that it is. We just know there yeah. are different gangs and that you can tackle them in any order. They've never specifically said Nemesis System. And what worries me is that now they've said that 
even before we've seen any game that Wonder Woman has a nemesis system. It makes yeah. me think they would have said it about Gotham Knights before mm-hmm. now if it well, did. Well, don't... Do Monolith not have it patented? Warner thought... Brothers does, Warner rather Brothers. than okay. rather than Monolith. Okay, that's interesting. Um, mine is kind of similar to Joe's for Spider-Man 2, but I went the more obvious route. I just think it's going to be a co-op game. I think you can play mm. it fully in co-op. One of you, Miles. One of you, Peter. Um, optional. You know, it doesn't have to be played in co-op, but it will be fully playable in co-op at the same time. That's kind of like my more obvious one that I could actually see happening. My other one is Marvel were just really unhappy with Marvel's Avengers, and can you blame them? At some point at the end of this game, you either see someone turns up, Stark, someone... They've already... They've teased Wolverine. We don't know if they're in the same universe, but you see... I don't know. You see Stark... Well, Stark Tower... Or is it the Avengers Tower is in the game? Avengers I can't Tower remember is now. in Avengers, yeah. It's in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if they've gone, that experiment backfired. Let's slowly try and see something here, MCU style, and see if it goes anywhere. Nothing that you're committing to with. He could just turn up as a cameo and never seen again. But if they went, you know, I imagine Spider-Man 2 is going to sell so many copies, probably be very good. No doubt to, no, no reason to doubt Insomniac at this point. And, you know, just give them the keys to as many of those games as they want, I think, is what Marvel will be thinking. So maybe a new Avengers game is teased in that. Who knows? It feels like it feels like the crossover with Wolverine is yeah. is likely uh there's certainly there's no way they're not going to be teasing that game inside spider-man mm-hmm. 2 like that is just oh yeah happen. there'll be like newspaper articles or podcasts where like guy with metal hands appears in the park <laughs> canadian cage fire stuns onlookers um yeah. yeah i could definitely see that but yeah whether that's like them building their own full-blown insomniac universe avengers mm-hmm. i could i could like if it keeps going well i could see it happening but fuck me, it's going to be a long time before actually anything comes of it because, you know, mm-hmm. these things take yeah. a while. I still can't exactly. believe they announced both those games at the same time. That is completely I'm wild. Yeah. The balls. The mm. balls. On. Do we think Spider-Man's before Wolverine? Yes. Yeah. 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 There we go. That's the answer I wanted to hear. Good. Uh, <laughs> uh, next up, it's a big one. We could not do this one. Uh, GTA 6. Yeah. Uh, you know, not announced. You know, there's going to be another GTA game. You would imagine they would make another game in that series. Um, I'll go first this time. My my idea is kind of based semi on kind of rumours and what and kind of what I want is I think they're going to go full Scarface with it, mm-hmm. but not eight is going to go seventies just to not be like copy. Basically, it's going to be set in that sort of Miami Central and Central America sort of area. But not eight is because I don't think they just want people to think, oh, it's just Vice City two, basically. When so, you say Central America, so you're like Miami, like and the then... Carib, and then down in the so like mm. you can travel to a separate area, which is like the Caribbean, so some islands or something like that. Okay. Um, and yeah, basically, my idea for it is that there will be some sort of time shift in it. Whether I don't know whether it'll be you're shif- shifting back and forth between the 70s and the 90s, or if it'll be all the 70s stuff happens and then it'll go to the 90s. I'm not really sure. Um, but I think they're going to go period just because I think they even said satire writes, writes itself. These, it's hard to satirise the time we live in. So mm. I think they're definitely going to go period. And it'll be 70s and 90s and... Like in the seventies, you are kind of like this crime, 
boss, you're kind of like this drug dealer, Tony Montana type of character. But in the 90s, you play as his daughter. The first time we're going to have a playable female lead. Mm-hmm. I think it's time in a GTA. I mean, just a rock star game in general, uh, to be honest. Um, and yeah, that's that's going to have a completely different tone. And like the 70s would be kind of like fun, sort of like more like Vice City style. The 90s is going to be more of a hard crime revenge story, avenging your father who has died in the 70s. This is just the game I want. And if this is spot on and I get sued by Rockstar, I'm so sorry. But I do. What, you're, who are you sorry to? Uh, I don't know, because they probably Rockstar. sue me, because they think I know something. I'm just apologising to myself. <laughs> I do. I, I think that, that would be a really cool way to build on the character switching, is like switching between two characters, but the city itself changes when you do it. Yeah. Like, that could be fucking cool. that's how they can do some of their satires. Like, you know, look how time and the american dream corrupted a city <laughs> like those they love that sort of stuff mm. uh, yeah, that's yours, what i think yours is much more uh like large scale than mine just basically mm. we i think it, it really seems like it's going to be miami or vice city again like that seem that's just the recurring rumor keeps popping up doesn't it um i want it rather than central america i want it to extend into like actual scary gross florida like the florida mm-hmm. that uk people don't go to when they go to Disney all the alligators yeah, yeah i want alligators like kind i guess it's kind of the mafia three ish setting some yeah. of that i know that was louisiana but you know like getting into swampy you know swampy business i want proper scary hillbilly people i want like frightening business out in the out in the marshes um <laughs> And I want one of the characters to be, you know, uh, you know, in Atlanta, there's that episode where Lakeith Stanfield's character talks about how Florida man is one real man, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a series of newspaper yeah, headlines. Yeah. <laughs> I want the Trevor equivalent in this game to be Florida man. I want him to be an absolute nightmare of urban myth bullshit that he's done out in some sort of evil swamp. I think that would be great. Sounds good. So, um... I actually, when I was listening to you guys, like I realized I haven't even thought about where this would be set. Like, mm. I realized that that's the main discussion around GTA, and it just wasn't what I was thinking of for this. Just pick somewhere now. So, go for it. Uh, like, it doesn't really matter. So it can be anywhere, but it's modern day, basically. But I also mm-hmm. think tonally, it wouldn't surprise me if they veer closer towards Red Dead, as in mm. like it's a proper mm-hmm. crime. So like, it's not about. As, as you said, like, you can't satire the present day, so you might as well just show it for the ugly thing it is rather than like trying to come up with mad Facebook analogies and stuff like that. But my idea is is that there are four protagonists, um, but Whoa, it's split... double in doubt. It's split into two. You play as two criminals and two cops. And it's Ooh. kind of almost like The Wire in that you're, you're playing the same situation from two sides... Um, but the whole point of it would be is that your criminals are people that are caught up in this just horrible system of poverty that are just trying to get out and your cops are absolute bastards and so the actual closer Mm -hmm. like the the more traditional gta stuff is actually coming from the cops they're the horrendous people the two criminals are actually just kind of just doing it to survive like because modern day poverty is horrendous and, can it and like can just it be do like a, a crime epic around that? Can it be Cole Phelps's like grandson? <laughs> can it be a lineage? Do you want it, it be, you an want an to be an LA Noir? Basically, I'd be kind, oh, I'd be up God, for a Phelps, a Phelps successor. I'm into yeah. it. 
Just get maybe a, he's everybody the crime from boss, Mad Men maybe. just comes in to be the police. Yeah, basically. get it going. Um, yeah, I like. I mean, whenever anyone describes any idea for a GTA Six, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> just like, anything sounds good. Like you know, I'd love it if it was like 60s London. That would be amazing. Like I don't know, like any like imagine like just somewhere completely different. I don't know, like Rome. Like I don't know, Rome. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like. Make I don't know or Turin do the when, they when just do the Italian Rome, job game. When you but, say Rome, I just imagine just like fucking legionnaires. And, uh, well, it's not, not ancient <laughs> Rome. Ancient Rome GTA. There's just a mission where you have to like burn it down. Sextus the slave goes on a <laughs> rampage around ancient Rome. It's just uh, some sort of moon base. They go completely off the rails. It's as in soon, space. As soon as you go into any non-English speaking country, GTA gets into a whole mess of like accent yeah, problems and stuff. That's, that's it's not fair. you're not gonna you're not gonna that's want to do fair. that. I would actually be up for like fully like like Beverly Hills Cop destitute Detroit. I would be up for mm-hmm. um, like dying city rather than vibrant city would be interesting. Uh, yeah, there's so many yeah. options for that series. Oh, it's just it's almost yeah. as if they should make more. Yeah, please make more. Um, I would love more. I'd just love more Rockstar games, which may get us off. Who knows? Maybe someone has a dream sequel that's mm-hmm. a Rockstar game. Um, this is kind of our wild card round where here you just get to basically pick a dream sequel. You get to create any sequel in any series that you want to see. It may not be the number one, but it must be a very interesting one that you want to see. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Joe, do you want to go first? You're nodding with excitement. Let's get mine out of the way. Uh, <laughs> it's not Dynasty Warriors, oh, but it's by it the same company. Oh, no. <laughs> Did either of you ever play Kessen? Oh, I've heard you speak about it. I, I haven't fucking played it. love Kessen. <laughs> it is uh, a PS2 launch game um, that was about Japanese feudal armies going to war. And, right, it's got all the hallmarks of old Koei Tecmo stuff, which is stilted mm. animations incredibly bad voice acting it's all about obscure historical battles with people in big hats um it's it's all the stuff i like uh but it is genuinely a kind of strategy game i have never seen before or since like they made kes m1 and 2 there was a 3 but i never actually played it which i think was slightly different but it is a a real-time strategy game that actually works on console it's about like setting your armies up giving them like different units and kind of understanding how they work and giving them orders but then you take some elements of direct control over those things and it kind of you're essentially micromanaging units as they go through and it genuinely really worked and i don't know why people haven't tried to make more strategy games like it since because it is it it translates that translates that genre into a console game really effectively is it Um, kind of a little fire emblem am i thinking that uh it's got so the new fire emblem that idea of like each leader having a group of people with them that's very mm. that's quite kesen okay. but it, it but it is more about like the the battlefields look like total war like they are like okay. landscapes dotted in big groups of people that go and fight each other as kind of units that you've set up and honestly my dream for kesen 4 isn't much more than could we have some more kesen that looks really nice please because so much i just i just want to opine about this series so there's so many cool things about these games like apart from the fact that the genre really works it's like 
super character based but within like grand strategy war style situations so every leader has their own character and their own voice actor and they've got like weird little personalities um, honestly if we're making this dream sequel i want to do the voice of every <laughs> single character in kesson 4 because the is voice that- acting is so funny like <laughs> you you set them off to do stuff uh, me and my brother were talking about it today because i was messaging him about kesson and how good it was um that's it. There's this guy called Honda, and like literally every time he does anything, it cuts to a little cutscene of him waving his spear around, and his spear is called like Tomogiri, and he just goes, "Let my Tomogiri be your passage to hell," and I just want to scream that all the time. Um, and it's just got really stylish. Like every time you set off a special ability for one of your units. It plays like a cutscene that can alter depending on whether it's succeeded or failed. And you get like these crazy cinematic moments of watching your chosen guy and their units like clash into another thing and it kind of deals mm-hmm. with those situations mathematically, but on screen cinematically. And it just I could in new in new world graphics with proper next gen stuff, it would look fucking incredible. And there's nothing else like it. Just give me Kassen four. Let me have Japanese armies punching each in- other. Ufal in 2022 would hear the words my dream for Kesson 4 but I we've know. heard them already within two weeks of 2022. Um, also, I just looked. also Go on. the soundtrack is fucking incredible. <laughs> like, I swear to God, it's one of the best game soundtracks ever and we're putting it at the end of this podcast. I know exactly okay. the track. <laughs> it's going. Um, I saw IGN gave Kesson 3 8 out of 10 So and right. it got a lot of 7s and 8s everywhere. Seems to be good games. The original, uh, uh, the back of the first Kessen had an IGN quote on it. I love it. There we go. Did um, I'm guessing it just didn't sell a lot. They made all. three of them. Did all right. Yeah. Um, like Kessen two, Kessen two was a change to the Three Kingdoms stuff that they so the Chinese history stuff they do with Dynasty Warriors, and I liked it. But the problem is that I love Dynasty Warriors, so it's just not as good. Uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, they switched back to Japanese with Kethan 3 and tried new stuff, and I just don't think it connected as well. But they all seem to kind of get around 70s and 80s, Metacritic-wise. Um, come on, Koei Tecmo, bring it back. Stop making Nobunaga's ambition and just make <laughs> this. And also Dynasty Warriors 10, please. There um, we go. First oh dream, dream sequel is... Kesson 4. I've there really excited myself about Kesson. You 4. really have. You're looking quite Love giddy, it. actually. On the fourth of, um, Matt, is yours Kesson 4? It's it's not, but nobody is <laughs> going to be surprised <laughs> when I say that mine is Dishonored 3. I think oh, it might. Yes. Do you know what? I, I get. I almost put that as one of our four or five we're going to talk about. It's like the next Dishonored. What would you want to see? Well, the thing is, uh, it, it's you like, have it covered. You have it covered. Yeah, well. the series is kind of like like in dormant now. There's no guarantee it's coming back, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of capped it off with Death of the Outsider. But um, playing when I was playing through um, Deathloop, there was kind of things about Deathloop that I could see that are kind of like the path to an interesting third Dishonored. So my idea would be is you like you you push it on. I don't want it to be anything to do with Corvo or Emily, kind of like that. Like story is over and done with, um, which maybe then opens up kind of new tools because you push the empire a bit more forward. You kind of like go towards the latter end of like the industrial revolution, and so kind of like you open that kind of stuff. But my main idea is is that it should be the one that transitions it to an open world design where you have. Probably you wouldn't set it in Dunwall because, like, the beauty of those games is that you go to different places for each one. But 
a city in the empire that has like this this huge kind of ecosystem going and at the start you already know what all of your targets are like you find Mm. out in, in the opening kind of like prologue let's say who all the people involved in whatever conspiracy is that you need to take down and so you can then approach them in any order in the same way as how in 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 death loop you are allowed to approach your targets in any order and it wouldn't be that you'd have to work out the right order like you do in death loop but it's just who you kill systemically causes the city yeah. to change so it's like creating this power vacuum makes everything shift and then the objectives for killing all of these other ones are different depending on what order you do it and where their societal links are and who they're friends with, who they're enemies with. And that would leak down. So at the moment, I'm playing um, a tabletop RPG called Blades in the Dark, which is very much influenced by Dishonored. But that you play as a criminal kind of gang, and a lot of it is to do with how the gangs around you react to what like heists and stuff that you do. And mm. I really like the idea of create what decisions that you make cause well, now this person has died, this person's making a move, but they can't just immediately take their place and move into like their place of residence or anything. Their gangs start going to war in the streets of Dunwall or whatever. And that means it's like, oh, well, now this area is actually very difficult for you to go to because it's obviously it's a stealth game. It's very difficult to do that. So then it's like, well, you learn that if I do this, this will cause this reaction to, to allow me to get into that area. And I like the idea of something like a whole house of cards that you're tactically flicking out. I suppose actually more of a Jenga tower and tactically flicking out parts of that to cause the entire city to collapse. I think the the fun part of that as well would be they they would have to tie it as like positives and negatives to each death. So because you couldn't have a game that got easier the more mm-hmm. you killed people. So you'd have stuff like if you killed, say, I don't know, like the treasurer of the city, like the gold, there's some sort of gold crisis. Yeah. So like it gets easier to go through certain areas, but they beef up security in certain mm-hmm. places. So and that kind of thing, like you could really mess with how the, the mm-hmm. city itself react, you know, like reacts to you in, in good and bad ways. Yeah. Oh, so but it's cool. set in 16th century Japan. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I mean, like Dishonored was originally original... supposed to be set in Japan. Yeah. Like the idea of it being a, uh, Obviously, these first two games are the one is is a distinctly steampunk Victorian London, basically, mm-hmm. and Kanaka is closer to like the Mediterranean. It has much more of a European influence. I'd love to see what like what does the Empire look like in a slightly more Eastern influence kind of art style. Mm-hmm. Mm. Be interesting, you know. In my Apple Monday, I feel like now they're owned by Microsoft. Microsoft are kind of trying to go more the PlayStation route of having these prestige games. And when you've got a studio mm-hmm. like Arcane, who maybe don't sell as many games as some studios, but definitely make high-quality games, you know, they might be willing to have them as a studio that goes, go make us incredible games like mm-hmm. that. I think, so, I think it's also one yeah. of those things of being backed until they become a mega studio. Like, mm. there's not... Ever, like, Naughty Dog, I don't think The Last of Us would ever have, never mind happened, but would ever have sold as much without Uncharted. Like, you need, you have a certain amount of work on stuff that's like, obviously Uncharted did well, but you have a certain amount of work on stuff that gets you to the place where you can make your masterpiece that hits enough people to be seen as that on a mainstream level. Like, I think that's why the Arcane thing is one of the most exciting parts of that Bethesda deal, because they're just not under pressure anymore, which yeah. I think they always were before. And it, it could be the one that surprised you. Like, Deathloop was getting so much press up until it's run out. But, like, Redfall 
supposedly coming this year. That could be the breakout hit, especially if it's a co-op shooter. Like That's everyone def- loves those at the moment. Definitely, who knows? Coming this year. No, Look, we way. can hope. We can hope. I doubt it too, but we can only hope. Right, my sequel is Grim Fandango Two. Oh, there it is. <laughs> the reason I think this could happen more than ever. Double Fine coming off of Psychonauts Two recently you know their best game in a long time lots of critical acclaim like some game of the year rec- uh no uh, what am I, what word am i thinking of game recognition that's it game of the year recognition and uh, that game had me and matt were talking about lunch that game had a lot of grim fandango to it like obviously the music just the humor like mm. it felt like they were getting back into that vibe and i'm hoping it's them gearing up for a grim fandango 2 but i want grim fandango 2 to be a completely different game i don't think it's going to necessarily be even a point and click i want it to be full open world and i want it to be almost more structured like an la noir where you're almost manny is now almost like a detective or he's a he's working for the firm and you're doing these cases and you're going through and solving these cases i even think it could take a little bit from if they wanted to sell it to more people take some of that psychonauts and give it a little bit of action like you can use the cane and the gun it could be a bit of a different game mm. i just feel like that world although that game is such a contained like masterpiece to me that you almost don't want to ruin i feel there's so much more in that world you could do with those I characters think, and everything i think you don't even necessarily need to go like open open world like i think psychonauts mm. proves that you can put yeah like just those hubs never mind the actual brain levels like you can put so much detail and so much character into those spaces that they feel so full of stuff despite being relatively limited in space like you put Manny Calavera into three big hub worlds and have him chatting to people and like doing slightly different things to Psychonauts but ultimately you know traversing in the same way I think that would be mm-hmm. really fucking cool and like yeah I just love that idea I think I want really LA good. Noir with the bone wagon is what I want <laughs> I also Driving think around. Like, I also think like Psychonauts the, the thing that really impressed me about it wasn't necessarily any of the action or platforming. It's like, they. I was thinking about this afterwards. you like, that is a platformer that has a more and better story than most AAA games at this point. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't really get narrative platformers. And I love the idea of that being what Double Fine throw themselves at now. Like, they've kind of proven that you can you can put meaningful, interesting, changeable story into different formats. And, like, Grim Fandango is such a great, you know, world to dig back mm-hmm. into. I would love to see them try more of that stuff. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Like, I don't know... I know, obviously, there's... The rights for Monkey Island is a bit of murky territory, and if they can get hold of that... I don't know if Grim Fandango's in the same place. I don't know if, Matt, you know more well, about that. Well, Double Fine know. did the remaster, right? Like, they are the people yeah. that handle the remaster. So that would suggest that the rights currently lie with Schaefer and Double Fine. Um, whereas but, Monkey Island but, obviously is is much murkier and part of it, like I imagine, is the buyout. Also, it's like Monkey Island is literally based on their rides. Like the, the Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean ride was a huge part of that. Um, but I think you're right that Monkey Island, I think, is inevitable at some point. I think there will be a new one just because it's such a... It, Disney are into brands, right? Like, that's how they do. Monkey Island is a recognisable brand. But I think that idea of... The thing I love about... I'm not really fussed about the platforming of Psychonauts, but I love that it's that going and speaking to people and getting those dialogue trees Mm. and the fact that 
most times that you say something, it's a punchline and the mm. weirdness of kind of the situations that you land in, which is so point and click adventure. But I think point and click adventure is never going to be anything more than a Steam niche anymore. It's always going to be the stuff that is it Wadjet mm-hmm. I like those kind of yeah. Uh, teams. Yeah, they've got that nailed down. There's always going to be that. But I think for something like Double Fine, branching out into that like hub world or small kind of open area, which reflects structurally like in in classic LucasArts games you can go wherever you want within like on on melee island you can go around that island freeform there's no linear puzzle destruction like creation in those games like you you work them out as you can and so that put there i probably wouldn't have action elements to it but i love the idea of like you say a detective sort of thing works so well for the noirish vibe of mm-hmm of Grim Fandango and it just being that you're detecting basically bureaucracy fuck ups within the afterlife system. <laughs> I think yeah. would work very cool. Yeah. I I just yeah, I would love more of that world so much. Hopefully one day we get it. Why don't you let us know what your dream sequels are uh at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com and then next week we'll try and we'll read out as many of those as we can. Um, Matt, I've got a dream game in mind. Uh, I hope you've supplied it in the endless search. I wouldn't say it's a dream game, Simon, but I, I did the Aww. I did the bare minimum. I bought a game. <laughs> um, you bought a game. Well, I didn't. I, I bought as in I bought a game to the table, not I purchased. Oh, sorry, a game. I thought you say you put. Yeah, you bought. You paid for one for us to play. I was like, oh, <laughs> fair play. Um, <laughs> we're we're doing uh, go on name them. Okay. Uh, and this one is it's all linked back to what we've just been discussing. So oh, I have got. Like I said, I did the Kesson. bare minimum. Kesson. We've Kesson. we've got we've got three three categories here. Okay. Um, one relates to Mario Kart, one relates to Spider Man, and one relates to Mass Effect. Oh, okay. There's okay. there's Cardi wincing. Um, no, no, it's fine. I think I think I might be okay. It's uh, I was just yeah. If it was yeah, Kesson units, we'd be in trouble. No, no, uh, I didn't know there was going to be any Kesson. <laughs> no, who who did? <laughs> <laughs> Look. You just need to get used to it sometimes. Just expect Kesson. It's fine. Right. I'm glad you got it out of your system. Mm-hmm. I haven't. <laughs> it's more in my system than ever. I've been binging on Kesson all day. There are, in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 48 tracks. Oh, oh shit. How many? I don't remember any of the fucking names. names. They're all... Oh. Yeah, I, they're definitely. I just look at them. I thought you were going to do characters, then I would have had a shot. Um, tracks. Yeah, I just look. Oh, yeah, it's that one in the airport or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, who's who's bidding first? Uh, Joe, you can bid first. Four. There's so many. I'm going to get like the one word wrong yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
I think if you know the track, like you know the track, right? Like if it's if it's like you say oink instead of pig or whatever, I think they'll let you have it. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about uh, oink oink circuit. Okay, I think I can do. This is like people gonna be screaming. Like I haven't played this game in a while. I'll go up to five, six. Uh, I'm just running through my. Uh, some of them I'm now doubting if they're in this one. Mm. Uh, oh, what's. That, uh, I think six would have been my limit without fully guessing. So I'm going to have to give it, give it to Joe for six. Okay. I'm slightly worried about six, but I feel like I can get there. Right. Give me your first one, Joe. Best track in the game Mount Wario. No, that's, that's one of the one of the four I had. <laughs> Hold on, Mount Wario is in the game, mate. <laughs> I'm not having that. I, it's all right. It's all right because I'm. <laughs> oh, I know why. It's because this fucking page that I'm using as my reference is split into three. Oh. Oh. Well, it looks like it's oh. going to be on page one. I'll uh, I'll I'll give him a point. Oh, I thought you would just. I thought you. Were, I'll give him a list. I'll just. I'll just have a quick look at the list. <gasps> Nine. <laughs> I this cannot time. find. It. Is it? Is it literally called Mount Wario? I'm going to look it up as because well, uh, you, uh, you can at this point. I'm on the. Uh, I'm on the IGN wiki, which uh, you'd hope. If it's not called Mount Wario, yeah, it's called Mount Wario. Number twenty-six on uh, Nintendo enthusiast ranking list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, cheap, cheap beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Uh, Rainbow Road. DS, cheap, cheap beach. Shut up. (laughs) Rainbow Road. Yeah, we all know that one. That's N64 Rainbow Road. Bastard. Yeah. When I'm reading all of these, I'm kind of, of course. Of course, of yeah, course. But this is this is where I'm I'm worried after four. Uh, is it literally just called Mario Circuit? Uh, I think it is. Yeah, I think that's track. Yeah, one. Mario Circuit. Oh, I thought you could go Baby Park, and then <laughs> I think it's is it just called Bowser's Castle? think so That's a oh, castle, yes Bowser's, Bowser's, Bowser's castle yeah yeah there's your six have we got six i'm looking forward to these mount wario was... cheap cheap beach yeah. rainbow road n64 rainbow road mario circuit yeah. Bowser's castle okay there we go uh, six i'm looking forward to these going how do i not remember any of these dry dry Hyrule desert's circuit. the other one yeah hyrule I'd... circuit i couldn't remember yeah. what it was called i was going to call it hyrule castle i don't know if i would have got away with that so uh, uh there you go i had baby this... park yeah, uh-huh. not got t- and... TikTok clock. Or, oh, um, I like TikTok. Or Moon, Moon, Moon Meadows. Toad Harbour is all right. Moo Moo Meadows. That's a classic. Moo Moo Meadows, yeah. of course. Those DK cows. DK Jungle. The Ribbon Road. Is it Wario Stadium or Mario Stadium? It's Wario Stadium, isn't it? Uh, the yeah, one with all like yeah, the, with, like, the motocross dirt track bumps. Bits, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's um. God, they're oh, also obvious when yeah. What's the one with the big plants? Is it something Skyway? Per- is that the, there's a piranha one, isn't there? Yeah. 
Well, there's is one that, where you're going across oh, massive leaves, the, and there's a the, shortcut where you jump from one leaf to another mm, leaf. The piranha on his piranha plant slide. Mm. Um, I can't believe none of you've got Cheeseland. Cheese oh, GBA. <laughs> That's the GBA, isn't it? I've, there's so many tracks in it. This is why it's a perfect Mario Kart game. There's like, what, 48 tracks or something? That's probably why they've not made any fucking DLC for it. How can you make oh, another track? So I want to play Make more. I want to play Mario Circuit. Should we get big into Mario Kart now? I'm, a, I'm already big Mario into Mario Kart. Kart. Played it for literally I... 24 hours once. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I haven't played it for years. Like, a good couple of years at this point. Anyway, 1 0 to Joe. 1 0 to Joe. Thanks, mate. That's good. Right. <laughs> the Amazing Spider Man mm-hmm. has many rogues. There are. Mm-hmm. There are twenty in the in the what is known as the central rogues gallery, which are like the big ones. But I'm Ooh. happy to take literally any villain, so long as it is from the Amazing Spider-Man comics. Okay, so the comics. Okay. okay, so I, I get first bid, right? Yeah, you're, you're almost certainly right going to choose ones that are out uh, of. What do you I'm trust me to use central. my phone to be making notes and not searching? If I'm in my notes, I trust I'm you. In my I notes, don't, you don't. I'm in my notes app. Why, why don't you, Cardi? Show me you sliding down and putting airplane mode on, so you can't use the internet. What's, Jesus Christ! The trust here is out out of order. We go flight mode has been activated. There we go. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> Um, right. I'm just writing uh, a few down before we Me get too. going. Because <laughs> uh, I think I can name a few. Uh, 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 uh. Duh, duh, duh. This is good. This is good podcast in this. So I'm just going to go in. So I'm sure I do. I'm going to start off with eight, just to start off with. Twelve. Twelve. That's a good leap. Like a bold leap. Oh, that's bold. And so I'm you're still saying, so you're down. saying you'll you'll accept any outside of the, the rogues gallery as well. So so there's the rogues gallery which are twenty, which are the classic Spider Man villains, but as long as they are a villain that was made for the amazing Spider Man comics, I will accept cool, it, cool. which takes us beyond twenty. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. Okay, just give me a moment. Um Oh I've hit I've hit a bit of a bit of a, bit of a a brain, a brain, f- <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> a brain. F- I'll go 13. 13. 14. 14. That was too confident. Uh, I've still got more, I've still got more coming. I'm trying to think of. Uh... Like, There's one I'm not 100 percent sure on there. Actually, I'm going to put them to think of the, the old cartoons now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 oh, that's one. Uh, how many is that? Just let me count. I'll go 15, 16. <sighs> See, I've got. So I'm I'm now in the space where I'm like, am I naming ones that I know have appeared yeah. near Spider-Man but weren't invented for Spider-Man? But we'll see. I I was at the point there where I'm pretty sure I had 14 and then one was dodgy. I don't think I could risk two or three being dodgy. So I'm going to go for you going for 16. Okay. Joe. All right. I'm going to try and do all the obvious ones mm-hmm. first and probably fail at that bit. Uh Electro. Electro, yes. Shocker. Uh, shock. 
I'm just going to have to say, but obviously we know that Shocker is in there. He's there, yeah. That is one Venom. I didn't have. Venom is there, yeah. Carnage. Carnage is there. Doctor Octopus. Doctor Octopus is indeed there. Lizard. Lizard is there. Sandman. Mm-hmm. Green Goblin. Yep. Vulture. Yep. Hobgoblin. Uh, yeah. Ooh, uh, hobby. He's got a yeah. hobby. Rhino. Yep. Scorpion. 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 Yes. Scorpion. <laughs> uh, right now I'm worrying myself. Mysterio. Uh, yeah. Is he originally Spider-Man? I'm fairly sure he is. Let's have a look. Hold on. Yes, yeah, he's part of the original 20 as well. And here's some where I'm worried. <laughs> really? Oh, I, I could have done this. Shriek. Ooh. Shriek. Oh, he has gone left field. Oh, no! What's Shriek from? He's from Spider-Man Unlimited. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, I'm just going to name I'd... my other ones because I like Go them. Anti-Venom. Uh, Anti-Venom. Where was Anti-Venom? It's going to be Spider-Man fucking you know what? 2088 or some shit. I think you're going to... I think you Because you had a couple I didn't have, but I think I've got a couple here that you that you mm. might kick yourself on. Oh, I think I'm definitely going to kick myself. Yeah. Definitely at least one of them. Just trying to... Anti-Venom's not on here, which I'm surprised about. Didn't exist. It's made played by Riz Ahmed, mate. Yeah, made him up. He's a Venom villain, not a Spider-Man. There villain. you go. I mean, yeah. maybe he's from the Venom comics. That's yeah. true. My and my most obscure was Toxin, who I don't know what Toxin's <laughs> from. I just know he's another oh. symbiote boy. The other ones I had were Kingpin. Yes, is is part of the original. Is he Spider-Man first? Yeah, I thought he was Daredevil yeah. first. No, Craven. Uh, uh, the hunter. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. I also have Black Cat. I don't know if Black she Black Cat, yeah, is. So so I'll give you the 20s. Chameleon, Vulture, Doctor Octopus, Sandman, Lizard, Electro, Mysterio, Green Goblin, Craven the Hunter, Scorpion, Rhino, Shocker, Kingpin, Morbius the Living Vampire, Jackal, Black Cat, Morbius. Hydro Man, Hobgoblin, Venom, and Carnage. I didn't Hydro know whether Morbius would count. Yeah. No, I didn't even think... I didn't think of Shocker. And they, I, I mean, believe, electro- are I in, forget, yes, yeah, that's in order of appearance. Boys. So, so nice. Chameleon back in '63, all the way up to Carnage, which is '92. And then I, the problem I is, know... is obviously then you, it's not the Amazing Spider-Man because they keep shifting the mm-hmm. comics around, and you get Spectacular Spider-Man and Spider-Man Unlimited mm-hmm. and all of that it becomes harder. Carnage I know they are is different. the most '90s villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that they are different, but like having Electro and Shocker. Do we need two, two, two electric men? <laughs> Did Who's we? uh? uh well, Bukim Woodbine played Shocker, so yes, because Bukim <laughs> okay. Woodbine should do more things. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, that's one all. That means we've got one question left, which I believe is a Mass Effect one. It is, yes. You didn't like play the Legendary Edition, badly. did you, uh, Joe? No, I played a bit of Mass Effect one. So and then Joe definitely knows more about Mass Effect it. than me, but they're fresher in my mind. Exactly. So that's my worry. Here. My my memory is absolute shite. So, so especially because I didn't remember shrieks from fucking Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> so I'm using Mass Effect three because this is the point at where the area everything's more complete. Um, so in Mass Effect three. There are 19 biotic powers that can be used oh, in combat. Oh, God. 
<laughs> I thought it was going to be characters or something. <laughs> We've done characters. We did I'm characters sure we like have. six weeks ago. Uh, now Christ. I can't think of the different... Right. Again, I'm in flight mode. Uh, I'm just... Is that a bio... I can't even remember the... Oh, I'm just going to have to guess. Think... How many? 19. Biotic only. Mm-hmm. I think I remember two. <laughs> I'm not even sure one of them's called what I think it is. What's the other? Uh, it's bio- is it? Have I even forgotten? Oh. Is it tech? There's tech, tech. powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember that summer tech and summer. I didn't play the game, but I basically just played it as a shooter. So this is well, that's your doing. own fault, isn't it, Cardi? If oh. I describe it really yes. well, yeah. If you describe <laughs> it really well, you get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Again, yeah, I'm like, oh, what's that exact one called? I will say uh, at this point, if anybody at home wants to actually send in, go on, name them. I'm fucking running out of things to talk about here. <laughs> I've done so many it's now. There's always crisps. Goes back to crisps. Uh, uh, How many more psychic things can you even do? <laughs> I think I don't see. I really don't know if some of these are tech or bio. I'm just naming down powers that, I remember seeing on the screen. Is it 19 distinct ones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mad. Well, there's, so so, so four, actually, there are substantially more in Mass Effect 3, but I only use the ones you can use in the campaign. These, because oh, there are loads yeah. more in multiplayer. Oh, multiplayer. God. Good. I don't know. It's, it's Joe to bid first. I don't... <laughs> three. Three. <laughs> Got it. Bit the sweet spot there, isn't he? Um, I'm trying to close my eyes. Picture, I don't know, Samara doing some, something. Some purple waves. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm just going to try to think of one more. I'm pretty sure two of the ones I've written down here are tech powers anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go and hope Joe makes a mistake with three. <laughs> really? Which could happen. It could. Because one could be a tech. <laughs> okay. Lift. Yes. Push. Is it push I, or, like, the one I where he, push. like, does a force push? I had push. Is it called pull? <laughs> yeah, it's... Is it pull? What What does it do, Joe? When it, when it... I'm a, I, for, in my head, it's basically like a force push. You're, like, flinging people away from you. Right. Is that not Throw. Is throw. That, come throw. on. Yeah, I'll let you have throw. Do you know what? I'll give it because it I, I also had push written down. <laughs> I and don't know why we both had push. And then I've got one. <laughs> oh, now I'm questioning whether that was even in there. Here we go. I'm going to go rogue. <laughs> I've written down the black hole one. Like, there's one where you put, like, a black <laughs> hole out and people get sucked into it. Um, is that singularity? That sounds right. That is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we were just describing them, I'd go the one he where they burst into. He said that earlier. He said he said I could do describe. Yeah, fair enough. Is that it? Uh, I am. Is it like Let's a black hole one? Let's I'm hope specific. It's tech. I'll I'll make this I'll make this fairer. It's like, a gravitational power that's so, go. Yeah, yeah. Describe like it. you you put it out. Mm-hmm. It makes like a black hole thing, and people get pulled towards yeah, it. Yeah, singularity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jojo gets it. Yeah. <laughs> I also had the crushing one, which I think might be exactly the same. 
But I feel like there was one the way you did it specifically on a person the and slam, they got sort of squeezed. Which you can... Oh no, that's not what I thought. Right. But yeah, slam. I had I um, a slam. What's the fire one? Is that ignite? Yeah, but that's tech, isn't that's it? That's tech. Yeah, is that tech? Mm-hmm. See, that's where I probably use tech, and I also had overload. Is that tech? Yeah, that's, that's tech, tech as well. Yeah. Okay, why didn't you ask tech? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I asked for biotics. Is there one called wall? Is uh, it shield? There's there's barrier. Barrier, barrier. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, that's why I had. Yeah, brilliant, fantastic. Yeah, shockwave, <laughs> charge. I want, I want none of them in Mass Effect Four. <laughs> Isn't charge a, a biotic one? What mad power for a psychic? Oh, would you? Are they technically biotic abilities where you put? Are they just abilities where you put in like poison ammunition? Are they just so abilities? It depends on what they are. So if it's to do Ugh. with things that are to do with like psychic or, or that sort of damage, because you have mm. cluster grenades, which are whilst it's thrown as a grenade skill it's technically a biotic ability because it i think you're literally throwing like a a, an orb of like Like energy energy. Uh, and then there's warp ammunition which is which destroys biotic Mm. barriers but the like the fire ammunition is a tech what's the teleport one called it's biotic charge isn't it the one where you can fling yourself i don't know i I didn't use them did not use them. Mm-hmm. I just shot everything like a boring human. Yeah. <laughs> Could I dominate, flare, lash, lift grenades, nova, pull, reeve? There we All go. All of these. That's clearly my dickhead one. I, I like the assault rifle. <laughs> uh, right. Why don't we get on to some feedback? First up, it's me, and this one is from Charles Williams, who says, Hello, 24-hour poddy people. Hi. Mad happenings is how this begins. <laughs> Mad happenings. As Dale exclaimed that he likes beef <laughs> in last week's episode, it was a highlight when Dale said he liked beef. I walked past an airport magazine rack prominently displaying a, publi- a publication entitled Beef. Uh, and that's beef in all caps of an exclamation mark. There is an attached photo. We can confirm it is real. Um, is this life or is this this dentistry? That's it, really. <laughs> However... <laughs> Don't sleep on Station Eleven, the new HBO show. Not sure how you get access in the UK, but it's such a mad little piece about everything and nothing. You said that's last... what our podcast was about at the start. That is weird. I, I had not read that in advance. That's weird. Um, think Last of Us style post-apocalypse uh, by the way of Channel 4's Utopia and a deep-seated love of Shakespeare. It definitely yeah. engages with overlaid timelines to hammer home an emo- emotional beats a la the Wachowski's actual best film Cloud Atlas it's not better than that. like I haven't I, Cloud Atlas, Atlas is on my film. list I stand it's by it's better this. than The Matrix yes Cloud Atlas the is original the Matrix. Matrix yes grotesque bullshit from all parties I, um, involved I do want to watch Cloud Atlas I'm yet to do it because I have always been it's intrigued right. by it but, um, it's just not as good as The Matrix. Like, if, if people are claiming it's better than Matrix then no, I definitely have to watch it um, it's, it's fucking bonkers it's good fun yeah. Um, uh, cheers from Dr. Charles. I really I, do want to watch Station Eleven. It's not available anywhere in the UK yet. So but I did I, look. It's coming to Stars Play on the 30th uh, of January, which is one of those like Amazon add-on channels. Yeah. And, uh, so, I'd not. Um, yeah. I'd not. Uh, I'd not heard of Station Eleven until like this weekend when I was listening to a podcast that said, I think it was the Big Picture. They were talking about how Station Eleven mm-hmm. and Yellow Jackets are like the first old millennial, uh, like young millennial. Um, yeah. Uh, oh no, TV shows. old or young millennial TV shows where it's all yeah. 90s music right. like, mm-hmm. powering everything. So, I really want to watch uh, Station Eleven a lot. Station Eleven is one of my favourite books. 
I oh, there we go. Is, uh, so, and I didn't realize until about like six, seven weeks ago that they were doing this TV adaptation. It was very kind of like no marketing for it at all. Um, I will tell you what that is going to be a harrowing watch for the current oh, I've uh, heard times it's, yeah. because yeah, it's not a laugh. <laughs> when all of this shit happened, um, I immediately had flashbacks to the opening chapter of Station Eleven, which is set <laughs> as full pandemic pandemonium hits, and it is fucking terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. But it's oh, very good go. and has a astonishing final act. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. that. I um, am definitely going to be finding a way to watch that. Uh, so yes, I, after Yellow Jackets are finished, last episode this week, everyone get on the Yellow Jackets train. But then uh, yeah, it's annoying because it's a HBO show, Station Eleven, and normally they're all on Now TV, and then this one's not. Well, I think it's because it's a HBO Max show, isn't it, rather than a HBO yeah, show? Yeah. Same with Peacemaker. Annoying. Peacemaker's not out in the UK, which is mad. Because people mm. actually say it's good. Is it? Yeah. But they, but they yeah. said the Suicide Squad was good as well. So, oh, it was know. fine. Yeah, it, it was bloody fine. Was it. it was fine. Uh, what have you got, Matt? So this is this is from Jack from Farnborough, who says, Hi, chaps. I haven't weighed in since the crisp chat, and I was <laughs> disgusted to hear Cardi oh, God. place quavers below what sits absolute oh. mad lad what's it can get fucked <laughs> well, what what's it so far better than quavers they're not absolutely really not cheese battle going on <laughs> anyways on an unrelated note i do have a question for you all who are some inspirational people that you look up to that are not in the gaming industry personally i love professor brian cox this his programs about the universe are incredible and have motivated me to learn more about space and the universe. I would be interested to know who you and the other listeners look up to. Keep up the good work, especially Snack Chat, and respect the sea. From Jack. Mr. Kipling, he makes exceedingly good This very <laughs> hard and personal question to throw at us without us oh. knowing. We're, we're waiting well, for you it. Could have, this doc was available for a good few hours. You could have uh, had a look. I have a job. <laughs> yeah? You had a lunch uh, break. No. Um, <laughs> top of my head. Alan Rickman, legend, just because he was good. Uh, <laughs> he seemed nice. Uh, another one kind of on the Brian Clocks. Brian Clocks? Brian Cox. Uh, I was watching uh, Attenborough the other day. Mad how he's he's 95 and he's still getting his knees down there looking at mammoth tusks. Getting his <laughs> knees down there. <laughs> he's an inc- like I know it's a fairly common thing to say. He is an incredible human. Well, I was watching yeah. it at 95, still doing that, getting fully into it. I was like, unbelievable. Like, <laughs> This is one of those questions where I know I'm going to think of a really good answer um, straight after. Actually, a good one is, I think I actually tweeted about it because it was her birthday last week, is Felma Shoemaker, the film editor. She's like Martin Scorsese's film mm. editor. She's worked on like every single one of his films since Raging Bull. Uh, like, yeah, when I watched Goodfellas for the first time, that's when I knew I wanted to be an editor. And she's just amazing. She's still alive. She's 82, still working on... She's editing Scorsese's film at the moment. And it's just... Yeah, she's unbelievable. And, yeah, basically, I have respect for people who do what they do until they die at a very old age. You love that. Her, yeah, keep going. No retirement for Cardi. Yeah. Uh... uh... I don't. The, uh, one that comes just to say mind me, is, Matt. It's fine. What? Just say me. Say you. Just yeah. Say oh, Cardi, you've been fine. such an inspiration since the moment I met you. I can't oh, believe how oh, enlightened I've become. Let's um, cut that out. I don't know if that was somehow anyone. one of the most damning things I've ever heard, despite every word of it being positive. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've got anybody quite like as as high as 
Brian Cox or something like that. But um, like in terms of related to the job, um, so I'm a big fan of a podcast called 99% Invisible, presented by oh, yeah. a very good podcaster called Roman Mars, who have kind of tried to take some inspiration and influence from we're finding good stories for our inside stories side of the IGM business but uh, he's very mm-hmm. good if you want to listen to good stuff that's not about video games because he's all about the the hidden things in life and in architecture that completely change the way our lives work that's all good stuff to listen to it's good I yeah okay I personally try to avoid anyone with sincere opinions on anything so I don't <laughs> really know um yes yeah, I'm struggling. I'm sorry. You love Boris Johnson, you were saying. Absolutely. Character assassination. That was a character assassination bomb just thrown towards <laughs> Joe's That's direction. That's a horrific thing to do. Yeah, I, I, actually, I don't think there's many worse people I could have uh, Oh, yeah, if you... Sam Elliott for his moustache work. That's what I'm trying to emulate. <laughs> <laughs> there we Great. go. Very good. There we go. Uh, got a last piece of feedback here, Joe. Yes. This is from Aidan Nolan. He's aged 32 and a half. <laughs> Which lovely. is pretty much my age. Good work, oh, Aidan. Oh, lovely. Hello. I was reminiscing about the halcyon days of excitedly folding a penguin bar wrapper to read the joke, and it struck me. There is a certain category of... Oh, fuck, this is our kind of thing. There is a certain category of snack that seems to exist exclusively in the primary school lunchbox. Yes. Here we go. There's some good stuff in here. Rocky bars. Mm. Timeouts. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Blue ribbands. Yeah, it's like Blue a waste. Is it ribbands or ribbands? I never. I say riband. Oh, is it like? Is it like pink wafers? Is it that kind of thing? Cho- but, but chocolatey. Yeah. But cho- I know exactly the one. I said I that. They were called that. I said that like chocolatey. I said <laughs> it like chocolate. a two-year-old. <laughs> uh, ice gems. I, I think they're mm. more the uh, primary school party than the lunchbox myself. I yeah. used to have like them the party in the lunchbox. rings. Um, McVitie's Gold Bar. Yes. Tunnock's Caramel Wafer, mm. the absolute king of all snacks, and so on. <laughs> the uh, king of all snacks was my, my suggestion, not Aiden's. <laughs> so, what were your favourite favorite primary school lunchbox treats? And Ooh. what should be avoided at all costs? And this, right. The second half of this has sent me into a fury. His oh, no. avoid at all costs God. include the wagon wheel without jam. I'm fine with that. And baby bells. Baby bells are one of the greatest lunchbox snacks there are. You're amazing. I, I did like a I was always baby bell over cheese string. Uh, uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then Aidan Nolan says, respect the lady ringing the break time bell like a town crier. <laughs> uh, P.S. Not mentioning flaming hot monster munch on the last pod was an absolute shambles. That is I'm true. sorry, we people don't like it. my crisp opinions, but pickled onion ones are better. Um, I don't know favorite lunchbox. Yeah, like I said, I like to baby bell. I never. Everyone else used to like them. I hate them. Uh, a pepper army. Never liked a pepper army. I I tell you what, th- this is a this is a, a grotesque thing to admit. Do you know what I like? <laughs> oh, no. Genuinely more than or liked. I don't do it anymore. Promise. Uh, liked more than the pepperami itself. You eat the pepperami, then you know that plastic no. it's wrapped in. No. You just sort of chew on it for the oh. flavour. It's like a, oh. it's like beef your gum. Fav- <laughs> your favourite snack as a child was chewing on beef. I didn't plastic. say it was my favourite snack as a you child. Do, do, do you also like beef? <laughs> I love beef. I mean, you've, we've, I've got that photo of you in Osaka with the Outside, sign. Oh my says, beef! Oh my beef! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, 
I mean, I don't know, I, caramel wafer is the correct opinion. Here. Yeah, from That's that list, the a gold bar. I love a gold bar. Gold bars are good. Uh, the caramel chocolate. Or um, yeah, I don't know. It's been such a long a little time. Little, little pot of custard. Where or, did you stand? Go on. Uh, do you ever have those vanilla puddings? Usually, I Which used to one? get them in like. Um, usually, I always found the best ones are in France. Whenever we went over, like on the on the channel get over and we'd mm. be like the first thing i'd be like is let's get to a fucking lauberge or whatever their supermarkets are called a gas of vanilla danon pudding but uh they're just like little they're like custody little pots like yogurt pots but they've got like a vanilla pudding in they were absolutely astonishing mm-hmm. oh, i had one in mind and it's gone I'm so really annoyed the king now. when i was a kid oh, would have been the little pods of six miniature jaffa cakes Forgot Ooh, one of those. Yeah. Absolutely banging. I forgot about those. Mm-hmm. Like the little like textured bottom. Yeah, yeah, like bright Jaffa. orange and you peeled yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the lid off. They were where, good. Where, where did you stand on like cereal bars? You know, like the Cocoa Pops ones of like basically the really sweet. They're okay, they say it was like milk. Them. It was like icing yeah, the, on the bottom. The really. fake milk. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were I was okay. never into them. Mm-hmm. I've squares? Like, what about a rice squares? Were square? good. Yeah, they were you know, good. Squares are very homemade good. squares were always better than proper squares, though. You know when like a mum mm-hmm. made a batch and like put like their kid brought them mm-hmm. in or something. All the cornflake cakes. Oh yeah, yeah with chocolate. chocolate yeah, oh, um, just a good. Just do you guys? Do you guys ever have cartoonies? <laughs> this is one that I remember from being a kid, and they were like they came in a little bag like ice gems, and they were round biscuits, but they were like almost like like pebbles. And they'd have a little cartoon like drawn on the front of it, and when you bit into it, there was chocolate in the middle. I don't remember don't that. Remember man. that? Although it does sound a little bit like no, actually, I'm not sure it does. I think Cardi, we've reminisced about BNs before. Oh, BN, oh, BN, BNs, yeah, because yeah. Erlin Harland looks like he has a BN, BN. He face. does look yeah. like a BN, BN face. Also, I don't know. This might be uh, a Canadian slash North American thing, but one thing we had a lot when I was little in in the colonies was. Uh, Dunkaroos? Did they ever make it over here? They were like, they were like, uh, you know, fucking Dairy Lee Dunkers. Mm. But these were cooked like little biscuits, and then the dip was just white icing. Oh, and we didn't have those. I was thinking astonishingly get, good. Yeah, you could get the chocolate pot ones, were just like kind of like breadsticks you dunk in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dunkaroos dip. are a level beyond, man. Love those yeah. things. I don't know. There's so many good ones. Drifters. I like to drifter. Did you ever? Yeah, a drifter or an <laughs> e- drifter? echo bars. Remember echo bars? No. They, what's an echo bar? They, they were kind of like an arch shape. They got a really unique shape. An arch shaped long chocolate bar of which there was a biscuit that ran under the bottom. And then there was kind of like an aero style white chocolate through the middle. And then it was oh. wrapped in normal chocolate. I've just seen them. I do remember echo bars. I don't associate them with primary school, though. They uh they they're pictured next to uh, a Mars Delight. Do you remember a Mars Delight? Oh man, yes. we should do a whole bit on discontinued chocolate. The marble oh. bar. Cadbury's dream. Oh, I like the marble. Yeah. Although these days I'm big into the caramel bar. Mm. They've absolutely smashed it with the caramel dairy milk. Good on them. I'm just looking for a about, list of um... discontinued chocolate now. Flake snow. Good stuff. I mean, we've forgotten a big one. Uh, the frube. The oh, fruit. we've got frubes in our fridge right now. <laughs> Nothing to do with primary school. I think we've it's talked about this before, treat. but a, fr- a frozen frube is also a treat. My yeah. main memory of frubes is when they were... Because f- they were first introduced when I was at primary school. And then I can remember dinner ladies 
fucking hating them because no one could get the tops off them so dinner ladies would start going around with a pair of scissors in like their pinafore apron so they could go it's just like you're running around with scissors now this is a danger fruit snippers (laughs) Uh, i'm actually gonna have the frozen fruit tonight that's gonna happen now you made me want to do that also just to bring up one more discontinued chocolate bar just because i've seen it the nuts about caramel bar oh my god each bit of caramel with a whole nut inside oh Come on, just because we've gone uh, we've gone on about lunchbox treats far too long. I'm throwing one more out there. We can have one more each. I don't know if it's just going at some point. The fruit winder. Uh, mm. You don't see them often anymore. But there you go. Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, I'm trying to think back. The squares squares were good. I like a gold bar. I like a club bar as well because that was more chocolate than biscuit, basically, wasn't it? So there we go. Good chat. That was uh, thank you Aiden. so yeah if even though we want fact, dream sequels and best lunchbox treat and uh, if anyone is on my side with supporting the baby bell army uh i want you to send in abuse for Aiden. Be, <laughs> i thought it was going to be kessen i was like the baby bell army in kessen um oh shit one more thing the pizza yeah. cheese string <laughs> that's so good um <laughs> anyway i'm done i don't i'm not yeah, gonna say anymore ign underscore uk feedback at ign.com for any of that uh absolutely any of that send it over uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have a look uh thank you uh what what mad cassette Kassan. music were we having it i'm gonna i'm gonna play it doesn't have a name i'm just gonna send okay. you a time code <laughs> amazing thank you so much uh have a lovely week we'll see you next week Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand-friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.